Hi folks, apologies for the interruption. This podcast uh, was meant to stay behind the paywall for a few days for our patrons, but uh, time is of the essence. This is Rory's recorded uh, conversation with members of Katu, and you'll also hear from some of the residents in the building in Limerick that are facing eviction, uh, approximately 100 people facing eviction. And uh, we thought, look, they're, they're looking for support, so we better lift the paywall as quickly as possible. There is a petition we're calling on people to sign on Uplift. We'd like to draw as much attention to this as possible. And if if we can, try and at least shame people into acting, the government to acting, and the landlord um, landlords into treating people with some respect. Uh, home is a human right after all. Uh, we'd also appreciate if you'd support the podcasts on patreon.com forward slash tortoiseshack. That's how we pay for all of this. It really helps us keep going. Um, thanks for the support and please do sign the petition, share the petition and let people know that adequate housing is fundamental to people's well-being, to societal benefits, to everybody's long-term benefits, to the e- to the economy. This is central to our society and the country that we are and want to be. Please, please, please do support this uh, initiative. The Uplift link is in the pod. Thank you. Welcome to Reboot Republic, the podcast that goes behind the headlines and looks at the big issues in this republic of inequality. We are the podcast of solutions and the podcast of hope. And I'm your host, Rory Hearn. And today we are discussing um, the issue of evictions that are taking place down in Limerick, pending evictions of um, families and individuals uh, in Limerick. And I visited Limerick recently um, and I was quite shocked by the housing conditions down there um, and there's that general, I suppose, sense of kind of vacancy, dereliction, but also just, a, you know, a certain element of slum conditions in, in clearly in parts of it um, was quite struck by it, I have to say. Um, and on the podcast today, I'm delighted to be joined by L. Reid Buckley, who is a sociologist, writer and artist based in Limerick. They're the communications officer for the Limerick Katu branch. And they also work with a number of different community groups, including Trans Limerick Community TLC, Altar, a queer politics discussion group and the Trans Writers Union. And also by Danny Brennan, who is the Katu um, that is the Community Action Tenants Union, Limerick Members Defence Officer. They're a founding member of Praxis, the Artists Union of Ireland, and work as a writer and collaborative artist. Danny and Elle, thanks so much for coming on Reboot Republic today. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Yeah, so it, it's really difficult times, um, and it's, you know, the, the housing crisis is, is, is getting worse, unfortunately. Um, and I was just writing the examiner today about, you know, the scarring of what I'm calling the scarring of a generation of children um, from housing insecurity, you know, the scale of evictions that are going on. And, and it, of course, it's not just children. It's it's all uh, groups in this. But uh, maybe you could kind of set the context for this just in terms of, you know, what is the housing situation in Limerick? Um as I said, I know we spoke at, at the uh, Sociology Association conference, and that's where we met and linked in around this. Um, and I was quite struck walking around by th- those, what apparently from the outside, quite substandard housing conditions. But what is the situation in terms of the housing crisis within Limerick? Yeah, I think the um, housing situation in Limerick has been kind of rapidly declining, particularly over the last 10 years. 
Um, but as I'm sure um, most of the listeners are aware, um, Limerick is always kind of targeted as a very kind of underprivileged and disadvantaged city. It's almost kind of forgotten within the national context about what goes on here. Um, and I think there's a huge class divide in Limerick, you know, oftentimes within different cities, you have, you know, north side, south side divides where south yeah. sides are more privileged. But across Limerick, like it's quite diffuse. And as you noted yourself, um, Rory, like, you know, walking around different areas in Limerick, like you can see that dereliction, mm-hmm. um, you know, poor yeah. housing is affecting every um, area across the city. Um, I think there there is kind of a lot of um, problems with that. And it's largely, you know, I'm from Limerick myself. Um, and I've kind of noticed really in the last few years of kind of the rapid gentrification of the city in this kind of trying to regenerate it from being this kind of, um, you know, it's stereotypical stab city um, yeah. status to being a place that is, you know, attractive to multinational companies and so on. Um, but there's been a lot of kind of new developments, um, such as the Hanging Gardens on Henry Street there opposite the Garda Station and also the kind of forthcoming opera centre um, that are kind of on the websites. There are these state-of-the-art commercial spaces for offices yeah. and so on, but there's been no housing put into those places. Um, I was just having a look on DAF there this morning, just before coming on to you, and there's currently six properties available to rent in the city and 24 in total across the city and county. So what we're looking at really is, you know, in the last 10 years, rent prices have doubled within Limerick. They've gone up over 10% just in the last year. Um, The kind of cheapest rent you can see in the city at the moment is around €1,200 per month, um, with rents kind of averaging around €1,400. And this is largely for like two bed apartments. Um, there is not a lot of, um, you know, enforcement of tenants' rights. Um, we've seen a huge amount of evictions um, kind of rising since the pandemic eviction ban has kind of uh, been seized by the government. And uh, what we're kind of want to talk about really today is the um, situation at the Shannon Arms complex, um, where uh, over 60 families are are being um, threatened with eviction at the end of this month. Yeah, it's, you know, again, it's striking there in terms of, you know, that doubling of rents, you know, in the last decade, you know, in terms of Limerick. And as you say, you know, the lack of provision of, you know, social housing, you know, even affordable private rental, um, that Limerick is is a city where you could see the the or the lack of investment in housing, you know, particularly you know, public housing and we know that whole regeneration and, you know, and discussion of, you know, so much destruction of housing in places like Moy Ross and destruction of communities. Um, but maybe we can come on and, and talk about that. Um, so in terms of uh, Danny, then what exactly is going on or what, what has gone on around the Shannon Arms? And we're going to hear shortly from uh, you've done excellent work in terms of working with uh, the, the tenants, the families, um, and we'll hear uh, some of their experiences but what what exactly is going on in terms of the shannon arms so um, it's a mass eviction um uh, simply put like there's um over 100 people that will be evicted if if this goes through and many of those eviction dates are coming up at the end of this month around the 27th um and speaking to the, the people on the ground the families um the individuals that you know have been in limerick their whole lives over a decade like or they've just moved here there's um 
a real level of like stress as you spoke to before like about the idea of like um the shortening and the narrowing of uh, children's lives like that's happening yeah. to every one of those tenants uh, at the moment like um they are facing um a, a dismal prospect as El um, spoke to just there the six properties on daft even if they wanted to find a house even if they could afford those houses that, that are available like which some of them can't um they can there's just not enough housing to fit them like they um many of them have got onto the council and the council says we'll call you if something comes up and now when you're facing homelessness if something comes up is not um uh, is not a possibility is not a promise is no comfort and there's no security in that whatsoever Absolutely, yeah. um so yeah um having chatted to uh, to uh, the tenants um uh, that that's uh, that's what they're faced with like and because of that um they are ready to fight um this eviction they're ready to overhold and they're ready to demand uh, that the landlords um i suppose return um re- return power to them i suppose and sit at the negotiating table like and give them at least time if not um uh, secure their tenancy um so we'll be talking um we'll hear now from two tenants who are fighting their eviction in the shannon arms first jamanga and then wahid these interviews were carried out by my fellow organizer, Nora Lebo, and myself. Okay, so we'll hear their voices now and hear their experience. I'm uh, from Congo. I'm here since 2003. Uh, How did you choose Ireland? Um, a lot of rain in Congo. And uh, I wanted the, the English-speaking country. That's why I'm here. So I came here um, as an asylum. Mm-hmm. And uh, in, in 2003, then I got my, my, uh, lot. Yeah. my, my, um, residence, the papers on, in 2006 or seven. And I started working. And Congo was very bad. Congo was never in peace. Congo was always, uh, always problem. Always problem killing people. And uh, I left. I'm here. So then I moved to this apartment. Then I moved. I went to Alfonso Street. Mm. Alfonso Street. Then we went to Rebok. Just looking for a, for a better place. So Rebok was good. But uh, the, the gas meter was broken. So... We used to pay every two months too much money, 700. Oh my God. 700 for only a gas. Then we come back to Mount Kennet. Yeah. Then Mount Kennet, then we came here. Yeah, uh, 2011. Since then, I'm still here. I, I was tempted to go to Canada, but uh, I just stay. I just stay for my kids. I didn't want to leave my kids behind. So, here I am. So, the, the kids are also not too far, so they can come see you here? Yes. Uh, they come here. They sleep here sometimes. Mm. They sleep here. And uh, they come. They love my food. <laughs> they love when I cook. They grew up with that food. So, and uh, they're big now. They are they're happy. The other one, they always telling me, you did a, a, a very good uh, decision to stay. Because uh, if you went, I don't know if, I don't know how uh, we are going to be. Yeah. So 
it's better to have your father to have your father beside you. If I want to stay, I have to uh, to apply in the twenty one day so that I can stay. And uh, if I stay, then my rent has to be double of the money I'm paying. Yes, uh, I uh, three four months ago my my rent went up by ninety euro. Yeah. Yeah. Now they want to make it double. And I will just like to say that even those 90 euro, it was illegal because it can only be two, two yes. percent, two yes. percent a year. Yes, yeah. But you were reasonable. You accepted. I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know. Uh, I didn't know, but uh, I accepted. I'm paying that, and um, now they're telling us to leave. <laughs> yeah. That's it. And so, uh, yeah. So your landlord is Pat McDonough. Yes. Yes, like many people in the building. Yeah. And have you ever had any direct contact with him or just the agency? I tried to call the the office. Yeah. His office. Yeah. The secretary answered because I wanted to speak to the guy who had the letter name on on the letter. Yeah. He wasn't in the office. I think he went in his lunch. Mm. And I left the message. Yeah. On his. Uh, No, but I spoke to the to the secretary. She said, "No, he he was uh, he went to his lunch. So, can you ring back mm. later?" I rang back later. He, he, I'm sure he didn't want to pick up the phone. Yeah. He left the answering machine. I left a message to him. I said, "Look, I am in. Um, I live in Shannon. I'm in Limburg. Yeah. I'm that place." Uh, since um, 2011 until now, do you think it's it's, it's legal to uh, remove me from the apartment? Was a I don't know three months uh, notice. Yeah. Ask that question. Yeah. Then I said I don't think so. Yeah. Because I'm not going to leave. The way because uh, if I want, if you want me to leave. The work I did in this building. Yeah. This is a mod, a mod apartment. And we've been painting all the time. I'm not a painter. Yeah. I started painting, painting all the time because of the thing. And I, you were I, saying you even got ill from the mod. Yeah. Oh, I had, I had all the scars everywhere my my skin because of uh, of the mod. Yes. I have to to clean the bedrooms. Oh, it was green up to somewhere here. Oh my God. Yes. So, because of the water stains there. And do you always paint it at your own cost? Yes, my own cost. I paint everything. I haven't uh, gone anywhere to ask for it. Yeah. But I know I will just stay here. I won't go. Yeah. I won't go anywhere. But uh, I had a lot of support from people I know. Yeah. Uh, Irish people I know. Okay. I, I, I always have uh, this way of saying... I will leave only when they bring they bring Putin to me. And uh, Wahid, how many years did you say you were on the council list? Since uh, 2009, I think, or 10, or yeah, nine, so it's nine, I think, twelve, twelve, thirteen years, yeah. yeah. And uh, do you do you regularly check in to ask how around? No. no, I never checked. It's my first time that I went back to them. Mm. Because before that, it was okay, like, you was able to find a place. I remember that uh, I used to live in Mount Kennet, and I yeah. was paying 
three hundred for two bedroom apartment. Oh wow! Yeah, and now it's doubled, and they're trying it's to double it again. Ten years back, I think. Ten yeah. years, nine years. Loads of apartments on the website. Before I leave that apartment, the landlord offered me, if you want to buy it, just eighteen thousand. Oh, I swear to God, eighteen thousand oh euro. But that time, I didn't have that amount of money. So, so I think uh, we we will start from that. Uh, there is a massive eviction in the Shannon Arms, and the landlord is not replying to our queries at all. That's why I can't move, Nora, and that's why I'm fighting. Yeah. If I would uh, be able to survive or afford that amount of rent. 1600 I would go. I wouldn't fight because there's no time for doing these things. Yeah. All right. You know yourself. Absolutely right. And even you don't know what you're going to get in the end. Yeah. You know? I, so, but, but like, if I see there's no apartment nowadays, there is few apartments, but there's 1600 1700 mm. for one bedroom or two bedroom. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, it's which is crazy. Yeah. The normal person cannot afford that amount of money. Yeah. Yeah. The, like like me or you or some people working minimum wage, they cannot afford. You are paying for one apartment sixteen hundred euros. Yeah. And then where do you how, eat? Yeah. how you eat? How you do the clothing? How you do the bills? Mm. I'm paying hundred and fifty right. a month for electricity, just for having a shower daily. Right. Yeah. And have this heater on, central heating at night, so the day I have a little bit heating office. Mm. But I'm not at home at day, so I'm not using any. But then how you would you survive? Mm. It's easy. It's not easy at all. Mm. Yeah. And then if when you go for sharing, it's six, seven hundred euros. Yeah. A one bed sharing. I can't live in sharing. I think that's fair enough. Yeah. Like, everybody deserves. I, I can sleep around. without food, but I cannot sleep in sharing. No, can't live. I need my own space sometimes. Yeah. I think everyone does. That's, that's council. Yeah. Council has no places. Yeah. I, as I think, they might don't have a places. If they do have it, they have it only for a specific category of people like disabled. They are in regular medicine, medication or something mm. that we will go through RTB and uh, we'll hope for justice. Mm. And we are also calling on government to help us mm. in this particular case. To, because because it's 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 a really hard situation for every single person to be homeless at the moment. It will affect your work, your daily life. And we contacted to the Limerick City Council as well, and they are saying that we have no place at mm-hmm. all. And also the homeless action team. Mm-hmm. So we will be on the road straight away. I'm paying at the moment seven fifty mm-hmm. on rent, mm-hmm. and if we go now for apartments that sometimes are available on the market which is 16 to 1700 we, we are not able to afford that to, yeah. at all imagine a situation where you had uh, a stable place to live so you had like a 10-year lease and a, yeah. and a place that would report, uh, is affordable like what do you think that would do for your life what, what kind of what kind of situation would you be in then well our life would be safe our our mental health will be safe and that would really help us to to live a normal life and plan for the future and plan for the future definitely mm-hmm. to work out on your career and all so daniel in terms of that again it's you know it's so important to hear you know the the first hand experience of you know those who are experiencing the housing crisis you know and and families and and tenants and 
you're always I'm always struck by you know this there is a dehumanizing aspect that goes on to the whole discussion of the housing crisis mm-hmm. that and and an othering as well and you know even in terms of you know people looking at migrants and saying oh well you know they're not as deserving as you know indigenous irish and this whole you know there's an element of racism there and an element of not you know treating people um as you know as we've heard you know people who are living here for years who have roots who are part of our communities um who have you know you know we have a responsibility as a society you know to ensure people have homes and and um I'm struck by what what in terms of where this is going and what do you see happening now? And maybe you could actually explain who who are the landlords, because you know some of yeah, the landlords. We do indeed. Uh, so um, Pat McDonough is the largest landlord and is the largest interest in the in the properties in the Shannon Arms. Like uh, we know because you know many of the uh, the tenants pay their uh, rent directly to the Supermax head offices. Um he um was him and his daughter as as well are um both um um both implicated in that she's on the board of one of the other landlords companies Kellen and Walsh like, as well as the company that's being paid to renovate um the building like for the, for those other tenants um so we're we're very aware that this is a cynical move on their behalf like and we've seen it before we have reports from one of the um property management companies ocean management um, who's based in Galway, like they have evicted an entire building before, again, another mass eviction, like, and they do this, they break up um, who owns the building um, or who owns the individual apartments so they can circumvent um, the Tyrrellstown Amendment, which basically forbids that uh, you can evict people. If you evict more than 10 people, then they have to secure have secure tenancy um, if you're selling the building or what have you. Like, so, you know, uh, a law brought in to prevent these this style and the cynical sort of like um, um, profiteering um, from the lives of other people like um and what we're going to be doing going forward is we're going to be calling on Pat McDonough and the uh, the landlords to negotiate with the tenants sit down at the table and treat them with the dignity and humanity like that they deserve um because again like as they're doing this and you know it's very cynically as as we've said like they're looking at um what the rent was when they originally rented out these properties and this area of Limerick is um a rent pressure zone like so they can't raise the rent above market value even though they try to and in some instances they have um so they're kicking people out so they can double the the rent that's that's simply it that's simply their plan and um, we've seen it again and again that's the offer on the table for many of these people which they cannot afford so yeah because i want to kind of tease that out a bit in terms of what you you know you're referring to this as a cynical move what what exactly is the purpose of the eviction you're saying that it is to uh, because obviously they have to give notices of termination and, and what are the reasons they're giving within those so uh, th- there's um, a variety like it's either for um um, it's either um, for uh, sale um, if it's a property not owned by Pat McDonough, but if it's a Pat McDonough property, then it's for renovation. Now, like this property has been left, and you know there's been complaints put in um, to the council, like some some of the tenants are, are on HAP or are receiving HAP, um, and this property has been left dilapidated. The um, the um, the lift has been broken for over ten years. You know, like if, yeah. if they if they wanted to maintain the building or renovate the building, they could have done it at any point. And there's enough empty apartments. There's five or six empty apartments. They could move people around again. Like it's 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 not something that uh, is beyond the, their ability to keep the tenants in place and renovate the building which is necessary like but they've chosen not to like because they they see that there's a profit motive there they see that they can make more money by taking people out into the street they essentially want to get these lower paying tenants out and then essentially then they've they they can charge new market rents and Mm -hmm. circumvent essentially the the rent pressure zone rules and get in 
higher paying okay. tenants. Effectively, it, it's either that or one of the apartments been transferred into uh, students' ap- apartments where they get a free week lease. Do you know, uh, quite a number of uh, language language students come to Limerick like, and they're completely struggling to find homes like uh, and long-term secure uh, rentals. like, And that's a, a case for everybody in the city of Limerick. Like, And short-term lets are not a solution to that. Yeah, and that's another thing that I've heard um, that people are saying that part of landlords, why they're supposedly leaving the market but not actually leaving the market what they're leaving is the long-term rental market and turning to turning their properties into airbnb as well the short-term uh tourist lets or as you're saying is, is that do you have any sense that that's happening in some instances or there's certainly a possibility we know Kellen and walsh and describes themselves on the website as airbnb export experts and they are one of the landlords and they originally built the building um so there's definitely um they, they've certainly done it in the past, made those sort of cynical moves, again, forcing people into really difficult situations, if not directly into homelessness, and then turning those those houses and those properties and those homes, you know, um, those those family homes where people have raised children yeah. like into Airbnbs. Yeah, yeah. El, in terms of the, the political response to this, and, and because it has, it was raised in the doll, um, as far as I, I think perhaps um, the, the local TD, um, uh, Willie, <laughs> Second name has gone out of my head. Willie O'D. Yeah. Willie O'D. How could I forget him? Um, I didn't forget him. I know it's Willie, but I couldn't. His name went out of my head there for a minute. Uh, I think I was uh, confusing him with William Mark Murphy there for a second. But um, he was um, he it, as far as I know, it was raised at all whether by him or not. And you also raised it with uh, Willie O'D. What has been the political response? Um, basically, there's been virtually no tangible intervention in the government. It's been raised in the doll, I'm pretty sure, three times. I know that Deputy uh, Paul Murphy also raised it on a number of occasions, um, but there hasn't been any kind of concrete solution. Um, Willie O'Dea has made some comments um, within like a, a local newspaper report recently saying that he will help the tenants who are on HAP. But as Danny mentioned, there isn't many of the tenants who are in um, receipt of HAP. So it's leaving a lot of people um, really kind of, you know, in at odds, really. And I just want to touch on something that Danny had said um, about the language students. Um, there was a case within the Shannon Arms that there was seven language students who came to Limerick to learn English in a three-bedroom department that were only given a three-week lease. Um, there's be you know we've kind of tried to even in a three bedroom apartment that doesn't work out as one or two per room. <laughs> no, it's absolutely you know it's it's tenement style um, renting essentially is is what is happening here, and you know as Danny said you know there's literally a week left to the eviction date for most of the tenants that are you know at um, the risk of homelessness and are facing housing insecurity. And there's been virtually no step in from the council um, other than, you know, we'll let you know if there's something um, that comes up. And it is, you know, it is kind of a pressure at the moment where there is going to be people out on the street. Another thing that is, you know, quite concerning, not only with families, is that single people are not going to be, um, you know, qualifying for emergency accommodation, um, which, you know, leaves a lot of people who are living alone you know, people who, um, you know, might have a partner, um, you know, that that they're not actually, you know, under law seen as a as a family, um, that, you know, those people are at serious risk as well. And I mean, there's, you know, a huge rise in kind of local volunteerism around, you know, handing out, you know, goods, um, 
in the evenings for people who might be sleeping rough and things like that. And I honestly think that the current situation with Pat McDonough and the other landlords, like he's he's just adding more pressure to to the current housing crisis and it's yeah. actually leaving people at extreme risk. And, and, and has there been any response from Pat? No, um, we've we've sent letters, we've queried um, the eviction, um, and there's been no response. In fact, none of the landlords have spoken directly to any of the tenants. They've always got sent their intermediaries, like which shows, like I suppose, like that they may be aware of um, the, the the sheer amount of misery they're inflicting on people, like, yeah. and they don't even have the humanity to do it face to face, like or do it over the phone. Um, so yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. We're, we're we're really hoping that they will, um, I suppose, uh, see see the humanity in this and see see a way to um sitting down with the tenants and having an actual conversation about like what is possible over the next over the next year or two years because these people have nowhere to go do you know yeah and and it's you know i know what you were saying elder about single people you know not having the access to <coughs> excuse me emergency accommodation but no one should be going into emergency accommodation like emergency accommodation is devastating for individuals, for families, for children. It's just, it's a dehumanizing experience. It, you know, it's, um, is a, you know, it's destruction of people's dignity, um, that they're in homes currently. So they should be kept in their home until they can find another home. And it seems to me that we need to <coughs> understand, <coughs> excuse me, that. You know, this is it's illogical because in terms of the the resolution of this, that <laughs> the landlords have capacity Um, you know, they're, they're not requiring them really to leave immediately. They just want to progress on doing maximizing whatever investment they're making off their property. So there has to be a process whereby tenants are not evicted into homelessness, that either alternative accommodation is found um, before they can be evicted. And I think that... Um, there is the real question of, um, you know, you know, human basic human rights, right to housing, um, but also basic humanity here and also logic. Like it's going to cost the state more if they have to, you know, pay the emergency accommodation costs of people rather than keeping in their home. And as you're saying, if there's a minority, only minority getting state subsidy currently, they're paying the rents. Um, so therefore, they should be supported to stay in their home. What do you think will happen if in a week's time the eviction is coming up and nothing has happened? Do you see residents staying where they are or what What do you think will happen or what are you, what are you trying to develop happen, I suppose, in terms of the organizing and the work that you're doing? Yeah, we have a commitment from every all of the tenants that we've spoken to so far, which is which is the majority, that they will overhaul, that they will stay until a solution is found, until the landlords negotiate. Um, simultaneously, um, we want to put pressure on Pat McDonough and his associates, um, and we're calling on for a boycott of Supermax and all the associated businesses, which means ocean management properties and MNC as well, um, until they sit down and have a reasonable conversation with their tenants and treat them like the like human beings. Sit down and, and make a plan that, that, you know, respects the dignity of everybody involved here. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that makes absolute sense. In terms of um, then what the public can do. Yeah. So there's a, there's a call for a boycott of Supermax. Can people, what can people do listeners do if they want to support um, the tenants? 
So uh, this weekend we'll be outside the Limerick Supermax, the Supermax in Air Square, and then also um, the main Supermax in Cork as well. Uh, and then we'll we'll go broader as well. We'll we'll physically be, be boycotting um, across the country um, until uh, once again uh, the landlord negotiate. Uh, simultaneously, we have a petition uh, which uh, effectively states the same thing: we will boycott your businesses up until uh, and until you agree to negotiate with the tenants. Yeah. It's incredible the historical significance of this. Um, I was thinking, I looking at the RTB figures, there was about over 3,000 uh, tenants issued, households um, um, issued uh, notice to quit an eviction notice last year, which I uh, calculated and no one has uh, disagreed with me yet. It's probably the highest number of evictions of tenants since the foundation of this state. Um, and I think that really, you know, I, I think there's not a, an acceptance of this mass crisis that's going on um, for renters and the insecurity, of course, it means for all renters um, and the inability to live in, in a sense of having a home. Um, but also, you know, we know where the word boycott comes from. It has its origins in, you know, the eviction during the famine by British landlords um, and what people did. And so I think as a tactic, it's, a, it's an absolutely reasonable tactic for, um, you know, tenants who are in this situation. Um, just, Al, maybe to finish up, what do you think in terms of what people can do and um, how this can be progressed and, and to try and keep the tenants in their homes? I think really, um, a huge thing for me, and this is what we spoke about really at the conference, is like that, you know, particularly which is amplified, I think, a lot by class in Limerick, is that there's a, a lot of kind of us versus them narratives where people kind of decide who is deserving of a home and who isn't deserving yeah. of a home right so it ends up kind of that we have these kind of ideas around what is good homelessness what is usually to do with families you know whatever and bad homelessness and what I've seen recently um and I think a couple of the tenants within the Shannon Arms have experienced is like extreme racism from the Irish public and this is something that, you know, I think further will amplify their situation really is that there's so many cases that I've heard like anecdotally that people have been refused viewings and houses because of the names that they have yeah. or being from disadvantaged areas um, as a previous address. And I think something that is really important for you know, people across Ireland, not just in Limerick, is to, you know, be very wary that everyone is deserving of a home. Everyone is deserving of having a livable life. Everyone should be able to be able to live their life without fear and anxiety and stress that comes with the, you know, this whole aspect of being displaced, essentially. Um, and I think that, you know, particularly during COVID, there has been a lot of kind of an increase in kind of ideas around, you know, we need to protect yourself first or like, you know, mm. and I'm very worried about that kind of like, uh, you know, particularly from like racist and xenophobic angles that that might further divide people. Um, we see a lot of things around, you know, a lot of people saying things like, you know, we need to help our own first and so on. But like, as Danny said, like all of these people are our own. Like the Limerick yeah. is their home, you know, like these are people in our community. doesn't matter where they come from or what their name is. You know, these these are the people that make up Limerick. And I think Limerick people ourselves, you know, we have a huge pride of place. And I think a huge thing is, you know, people coming out, signing the petition, joining with us and standing in solidarity with the people 
you know, pledging to make the boycott and just saying that the people in Limerick won't stand up for putting profits in front of people's lives. Yeah, yeah. No, well said, Alec. I completely agree. And I think it is so important that we nurture as much as possible solidarity across groups. Um, and, and that is the key to trying to, you know, as you say, create a country where everybody, you know, can have a home. Um, and as they, they are all part of our country. Um, and, you know, so I, I think, listen, it's fantastic work what Katu are doing. Um, and the work you're doing. So we really appreciate it. Thank you. And um, so people know what they can do. We encourage listeners. Um, Katu, they can check it out. It's katu.ie, is it, in terms of the website? .org. 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 Yeah. .org. Check it out. And um, listen, we'll keep in touch. And well done, as I said, on the work. And hopefully we can, um, yeah, help these tenants stay in their homes and, and, and on a wider level, try and get proper um, security of tenure for renters in this country so they can actually have a home. So thank you so much, uh, Danny and Elle, for joining us today at Reboot. Appreciate it. Thank you for your time. And a reminder to our listeners, uh, please, please share the podcast around, um, particularly, you know, podcasts like this that are covering issues which are so important and that need you, you know, every one of you that shared around and highlighted um, it pre- it puts more focus on it and gets more attention to it. People realize and politicians have to realize as well that people care about this and they want action uh, about it. Um, nothing changes unless people take action and put the pressure on. And, and a big part of it is now in social media, you know, sharing these things around, sharing podcasts like this, sharing the work of Katu um, around. And if you can um, go down and if you are in Limerick or the area, go down and support um, the protests, the pickets, uh, the work that they're doing. And if you are um, a patron of Reboot Republic, thank you so much. You help us keep the lights on, keep the show on the road. Um, if you're not, please consider becoming a patron. We get no um, sponsorship. We're completely uh, independent media. So you go over to tortoiseshack.e forward slash. Uh, no, it's patreon.com forward slash tortoiseshack. I always get it the wrong way around. Uh, but please consider uh, signing up for whatever you can each month. Help us out to keep going keep this show on the road and keep these podcasts, which are so important. And we've been getting lots of lovely feedback from listeners in terms of the podcasts um, and people finding them really useful. Even we had uh, Martin who was on in our most recent one, who did the one man protest at the doll playing. Everyone should have a home, his new song. He had the protest on Thursday. He said, actually a couple of people came down and joined him who had heard it on the podcast. And as a result went down. So that's great. Um, to see that solidarity so thank you listeners who are doing that share it around and we will talk to you all soon thank you